Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. There's a new film that's going to premiere August 1st on KUED. It's called The Utah Bucket List. It's referring to great outdoor adventures uh, that perhaps we take for granted. We're, uh, they're trying to, and we're uh, helping in this effort to, to compile your Utah bucket list, help you with your outdoor adventure planning. And we're going to be talking with Brett Prettyman from Salt Lake Tribune, Ken Verdoya, and Nancy Green, producers with KUED. Before we jump into that, some great adventures to talk about, and we're looking for your Utah bucket list. Maybe give us your top or your entire list. You can join us at Utah Public Radio Facebook page uh, by email at upraxis at gmail.com or by telephone at 1-800-826-1495. Some unfinished business first from Thursday's program. You'll recall that we talked about the situation in Egypt. We had the opportunity to talk with the Logan resident Tim Sullivan, who until 2008 uh, spent 30 years at the American University in Cairo, uh, rising to the rank of provost there. And Steve in Beaver Dam, Arizona, responds to the program. Uh, Steve, uh, this email came in after the program for some reason, even though it looks like you sent it during the program. Apologize for that. We'll get it in here. Uh, This is what Steve says. Professor Sullivan has just told us that Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel has been on the phone with Egypt's top military leader 13 times in the last 10 days. It seems a troubling indicator that the more things change, the more they stay the same, and that the chief path of communication between our government and Egypt's is military to military. Moreover, the Obama administration refuses to call a spade a spade, or rather a coup a coup. This is another disquieting indicator. The privileged position of Egypt's military establishment in the government, society, and even business cannot portend well for the emergence of truly democratic institutions. And the fact that the United States seems, by all appearances, to continue to support that arrangement, despite American rhetoric about supporting democratic movements, also bodes ill. And Steve goes on to ask a question of our guest. Does your guest think that the democratic demographic surge he has described will be strong enough to overcome the resistance of conservative interests of Egypt's military and the United States government? So, Steve, hope we covered that sufficiently for you. This conversation continues online at upr.org, by the way. Steve sends in a couple of uh, links. Egypt coup, junta military, uh, Morsi, uh, let's see, uh, or uh, the uh, title is True Democrats Don't Bankroll Juntas. That's a commentary in the New York Times. And then he also sent in Top 10 Ways Egypt Actually Does Deeply Matter to the United States. We talked in the program about the fact that Americans have uh, tuned out on Egypt again. So, conversation on Egypt can continue on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page and at our website, upr.org. Next, we turn to today's subject, the Utah Bucket List, and we wonder uh, whether your uh, uh, bent leans to uh, bobsledding or ski jumping at the Utah Olympic Park, or perhaps canyoneering on the Escalante, running the rapids of Cataract Canyon, exploring Devil's Garden in Arches National Park, Bison Roundup on Antelope Island. Those are all adventures that Brett Prettyman went on for the Utah Bucket List. Let's hear a bit from the film. In Utah, we grew up developing a passion for the wonders of our state. We gather family reunions, water coolers, and online chat rooms to share our favorite destinations. But with so many options and so little time, how do you know where to start? Here is a Utah outdoor adventure cheat sheet. This is the Utah Bucket List. That's how the film opens. That's Brett Prettyman hosting the program there. Brett Prettyman from the Salt Lake Tribune joins us on the telephone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom, for having me. Appreciate it. And Ken Verdoya, producer with KUED, joins us as well. Thanks for joining us. Tom, great to be back. And we're, I think we're going to be joined by Nancy Green. Do we have her online? Uh, producer? We have her working here. very, very yeah. hard okay. in an edit room. We don't tr- tend to unchain Nancy as she's <laughs> sort of a project. They, getting, they let me out just this one. She's getting ready for the August 1st premiere of the uh, film. So that's, that's on, on K- KUD. at 7 p.m. Excellent. Uh, Brett Prettyman, where uh, did this idea come from you, KUD? Where did, where did this idea come from? Well, I, I'd like to take credit for all of it, but Ken and I were sitting together at a restaurant chatting about some possible work we could do together and I came up with some kind of heavy topics and then uh, Ken said now let's have some fun and so I kind of said well everybody talks about their bucket list these days what about a Utah bucket list and there we went I guess Ken Verdoya you you could have gone in some heavy directions but uh, it's true you just wanted to have some fun 
Well, absolutely. I mean, we had a very full agenda at the time that Brett and I met, and we were looking at a number of weighty issues in the environment, the out-of-doors. But as I sat with Brett, the one thing I recognized is here's a man in his professional capacity as the outdoor editor of the Salt Lake Tribune that has a lot of people's dream job. He gets to be out of the office. He's covering the back roads, the byways, the riverways, the mountaintops of our state and beyond. He knows the region very, very well. I said, what would be great is if we could go along with him and have some of these experiences. And then that started, Tom, really to kind of um, morph, if you will, into this notion of, well, what would be the essential experiences? The first time Brett and I started to make up a list, we got over 100 in the blink of an eye. And we said, "Uh uh-oh, well, what are we going to do now? If we have all these essential Utah experiences, how do we encapsulate them into a – a program that people could enjoy that will be informative, visual, but at the same time include people, not not say it's it's too extreme for you to do. So when you look at the bucket list that came together, it's all four seasons, winter, summer, spring, and fall. It's north and south. It's from mountaintops to literally the bottoms of canyons. It's waterborne and it's desert-oriented, so it's really this fantastic array of essential Utah experiences. Some of them are extreme. Some of them are very gentle and perfect for families with young children. It's it's a great collection. Nancy Green, uh, uh, were you involved in the filming? You got to go out and film some of these things. I did. It was it was a very tough task. That, yeah, yeah. That I, I, Ken and Brett gave to me, <laughs> but I did, and it was really extraordinary to. Um, to get back and experience, I think, the beauty and the, the, the excitement of the state, what it has to offer. And, um, and I think I was surprised, too, by some of my favorite things to do were some of the smaller things. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? Oh, the, actually, the, the uh, Cottonwood Canyons, the Wasatch Wildflower Festival is going to happen next weekend. And it's just this delightful little festival, and you get to go out and hike any level um, hike the, the canyon, and you have experts telling you what those flowers are. And, and so it was one of those just, inc- you know, it's in my own backyard, and it's one of those things I never went to, and, uh, and it was extraordinary. Brett Prettyman, I wondered, um, as Utahns, maybe we take some of this for granted. It's sort of just in the background. You had some adventures here where you, it seemed like the people you were talking to were sort of rediscovering. Absolutely, and I think that's something that... Uh, you know, we hope to encourage more people to do as this goes on is, you know, build their own bucket list. And uh, you're absolutely right. There, There's a lot of things in life that we kind of set there and, and uh, you know, think about doing but probably don't get around to. And I think Utahns especially have a tendency to kind of go back to the same places that uh, they've enjoyed their entire life. And we'll think about other places, but are kind of reluctant to take that step into an unknown discovery. And this idea of the bucket list is to push them to do those things before they can't do them. Mm -hmm. You had a gentleman you were uh, floating the Colorado with, 82 years old. Yeah, absolutely, and he was the most fun. (laughs) Yeah. He he kept saying, this might be my last year, but it, it sounds like from the film he'll be back next year. Absolutely. He well, I'm going to take uh, he does that every you know, time. exception there about him being the most fun because uh, I think I had the most fun on that trip. I was able to go along with Brett. And, 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 and of course, I'm speaking facetiously now. These experiences, as Brett was alluding to, bring in people of all ages. ages. And the campfire conversations that Brett has with these people as they're taking a break are really some of the best moments because you gain the sense of wonder. This isn't just once in a lifetime. This is just what, not one and done. But these are really great experiences to breathe in the air of this state. And in the process, one thing that Brett and Nancy have done so masterfully is you can't help but come away with a conservation ethic. These beautiful spots need to be protected and carefully uh, managed with good stewardship so they can exist for the generations yet to be born. Yeah, Brett, you uh, you talked to a uh, ranger, I think this is in Arches, yes. um, talk, talking about uh, million, millions of people visit these national parks every year. Uh, they're, they're worried about this, and so they have to continually preach conservation. Right, and 
the you know we gave them a chance to talk about that on the show and it's something that a lot of people don't think about when they head to those places as i think she said in the piece we have a tendency to feel like this land is timeless and that you know it will be able to sustain anything that we can throw at it um but you you start to look around there a little bit and you can see places where people have stepped off the trail and and uh done things that they they shouldn't do down there and it it ruins it for everybody mm. and the the point of being outdoors in in these situations is is feeling like oh maybe i am the first one that saw this despite the fact that you know millions see it every year uh so there are some important points to remember in all of this the other thing that we really stressed in the series is safety a lot of times we went with guides uh, to help us through the process, because you know we, you know, a lot of these things I actually hadn't done before, and I wanted to do it safe, and I wanted to um, have it shown being done safe. So that was something else we paid a lot of attention to. That surprised me. Some of these things, a lot of these things, you hadn't done before. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. Um, okay. The canyoneering was something I've done a little bit, not so much with ropes and the technical stuff. I had not done the, the mountain biking on the White Rim Trail. I had not jumped into the splash pool at Utah Olympic Park with skis on before, <laughs> but pretty much everything else I had done. Hmm. Uh, Nancy Green, I, I want to ask each of you this question. Start with Nancy. Um, you talk to a lot of people, and you know, Brett does, but uh, in the film you talk to a lot of people out there in the outdoors of all stripes, from Utah, not from Utah, all ages, all walks of life. And uh, I, it reminded me again some of the reasons why why we get outdoors, why we go out there, why we push ourselves, why we have these adventures. And I wonder if you talk to, to that a little bit. Why, why do we do it? What do we get out of it? I think there's so many different reasons. I think, um, I think the 82-year-old gentleman you mentioned, uh, Bob Hollingsworth, says uh, get out because our world's a little crazy and it's nice just to, to have those moments where we can reflect and have some quiet and, and be by ourselves. I think that's a main reason. I think um, another reason is it reminds us of, as Brett talked about, the timelessness that's out there. Um, so I think it, I think it really, in, you know, in a certain way, it connects us to a side of life that we're so busy in our worlds that we sometimes ignore and forget about. Um, and then the other aspect is it's just, it's just plain fun, and I think that really comes through in this. Uh, peace. It's just there's something joyous about being in the wilderness. There's something wonderful about going out and doing physical activity. Mm. Ken Verdoy, same question. Why, why do we get out there? Well, you know, we take great comfort, joy, and safety from the boxes we live in our lives. Uh, the, the home setting, the work setting, the car that takes us back and forth between the home setting. And we tend to define ourselves in a large part by what we do within those boxes of most important allocations of our time. But every once in a while, you have to step outside of that box. And when you do, it only makes your life in the more closely defined world that much richer. For me, one of the great celebrations here is watching bald eagles in Farmington Bay during this extraordinary breeding and feeding season that occurs in February. Uh, it's breathtaking. This is our nation's symbol, and you don't need a lot of technical equipment. You don't need to be able to climb up a mountainside. You don't need to be able to navigate a rapid. You just be able to get out there and take a look. You breathe that air. You look at this magnificent set of creatures that are out there, and you feel richer for the process so that when Monday morning rolls around or when you need to attend to something with the family or take care of the home setting, you feel that there's a fullness in your life, and it, it brings that richness. And so I'm one of those beneficiaries of just taking that break and getting out and, and as I keep saying, breathing that Utah air, uh, which, which has, I guess, you know, several interpretations in the current setting. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but getting out there and celebrating the state, and it just enriches our lives. Brett Prettyman, you uh, interested in your personal take on this? Why do why do you get out there? You obviously outdoors is important to you. Yeah, you know, I think probably one of the best examples for this from the show was uh, the family camping at Arches, where um, one of the women that we talked to described why it was important for her to bring her young children to Arches, and you know, she said the second we arrived 
um, our son wanted to play with the iPad. And I, we said no, and he threw a little fit for a minute, and then he you know, realized there was a sand dune he could go roll in, and then he realized there were lizards to chase. And she said it was so important for him to realize that there were things in the natural world that he could do that didn't involve a phone, a device. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we've always felt the need to get outdoors to recharge and rejuvenate and refresh our souls. Um, but I think in this day and age, it's it's almost even more important as, as we become so locked into these electronical devices. And and uh, getting outdoors is the chance to escape from from that world. And, you know, as Ken was saying about the box as well, uh, an iPhone, an iPad, it's just another box with some pretty lights. And um, teaching ourselves and our children how to um, put those down and get away from them is, I think, vitally important. In fact, there's a scene later in the film where you throw your cell phone away. Yeah, I, uh, well, you know, the, it was we were having a hard time finding skipping stones on the Colorado River, and uh, I, I had my phone in my bag, unfortunately, and I said, well, um, I can't find anything else to skip across Colorado. I think I'll just get rid of my phone. It doesn't work down here anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was uh, was one of my favorite moments of the, the entire series, actually. <laughs> and no. I think one of the beauties of this, too, Tom, that we discovered is that when you're doing this, you come across uh, perfect strangers that are kindred spirits that are doing the same thing. And uh, an example is when you're going down Cataract Canyon and you have people from New York who literally come from midtown Manhattan and never as one great friend told us, you know, never think beyond the 10th floor because that's what his routine is. And to get out there and share it and share stories together, uh, you, you take away a personal enrichment that develops new friendships as well as the beauty of the location. Yeah, that gentleman that you refer to, I think he says uh, to, to Brett, today is my second hike, and yesterday was my first hike. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Larry was a was a really um, strong presence for us. Uh, it was interesting to spend the time on the river with him. He had never put up a tent, um, and he had no idea. He had just gone to REI and bought one and was going to plan to do some traveling after the Cataract Canyon trip. And uh, the funny thing about that is is that we kind of chuckled that he had never set up a tent, didn't know how to do it. And then, you know, the guides and myself and some others were over there trying to help him, and it took about ten of us about an hour to figure out how to get the thing. <laughs> I ended up telling him, I said, take that one back and get a different one that right. you can set up, because that's ridiculous. And, and what was great is what difference can the experience make? When he showed up with his young son, his son was kind of reticent, definitely a city kid thrust into the Utah wilderness on the river. And this young boy, about 10, 11 years of age, emerges over the course of this trip, and by the time we're taking out the rafts at the end of the run, he is outgoing, he's everywhere, he is the camp comedian, and he is the social bridge between everybody in that camp. And just to watch that young boy make that transformation and have this incredible memory to take back to New York City was really something special to behold. They're, they're really from New York. A part okay. of the, you know, every one of the episodes that we did was um, this theme of, of watching others grow as they're doing this, as you're growing yourself, um, uh, you know, helping each other as a team through the canyon in the canyoneering piece, and then, you know, pushing each other along on the 100-mile mountain bike trail on the White Rim Trail. Um, it's, it's the, there's this wonder that happens as people um, with common interests unite to, I, I don't want to use the word conquer because that's too too bold, um, to experience fully um, a place like Canyonlands um, on a mountain bike, which is such a unique and rare experience. I mean, I just don't think people realize they can ride a mountain bike in a national park like that. Hmm. If you just joined us, we're talking about a new film premieres on KUED on August 1st, 7 p.m. It's called The Utah Bucket List. This is a project of uh, Salt Lake Tribune and KUED. Salt Lake Tribune uh, outdoor writer Brett Prettyman joins us. He's host of the film. Uh, producer Nancy Green produced the film. Ken Verdoya, uh, producer at KUED, was involved uh, as well. And we're asking you what's on your Utah bucket list. 
Uh, is there something you'd especially like to tell us about? We'd, we'd love to hear about an idea that perhaps we could do. You could help us out. The number is 1-800-826-1495. And why do you do these? Why do you get out to, in, on your adventures? Love to hear your reasons. 1-800-826-1495. You can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com and on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. And uh, I want to uh, follow up a little bit on the uh, bald eagle watching. This is something I'd, I'd, I'd missed. It's, I mean, if, if you're in northern Utah, it's just in your backyard. Uh, Ken, you mentioned uh, that was one of your favorites. Uh, tell us a little more about this. Well, I, really, I want to bring Nancy in because Nancy is the one who introduced me to it. She went oh, okay. out on her own, and she uh, took her personal camera out, and she said, Monday morning, she came into the office. She says, Ken, come here. You've got to see this. And she pulled me into her office. She pulled up the video, and I thought, you know, okay, where did you travel to? I mean, did you have to import these images? And then she tells me it's Farmington Bay. And, uh, 20 Nancy, minutes, just outside our just, back door, basically. Just, I mean, and you could see as she's shooting this, you can see I-15 in the not-too-distant background. <laughs> so it's that close, and it's that much proximity to 80% of the Utah population. I know. It's amazing, actually. Um, it's one of those things that I grew up, actually, in New Jersey and always thought of bald eagles as this amazing national symbol, but never really saw any. And um, to come out to Farmington Bay, just 20 minutes outside of Salt Lake, um, it's certainly close to your back door, too. Um, and these, at times, hundreds, but but there were, when I went, there were about 40 bald eagles just feeding off of um, what happens is they kill off some of the fish um, to control um, the population and for wildlife reasons. And the bald eagles come in and they feed off of this. It's this amazing feast for them. And so if you get there early in the morning, or sometimes it's later in the afternoon, but I was there about 8 in the morning, and it was just amazing to see all of these these birds, majestic birds, just out there, um, just within filming distance. And this is in the wintertime? It's in February, yeah. and they come in and... And there's also um, a festival, too, a, a celebration around it. Brett, you know more about that. Yeah, the, the Utah Division of Wildlife holds a bald eagle viewing day. And they actually don't even just hold it there. That's kind of their main area. But there's some other places around the state that they do that. Um, this doesn't happen every year as strong as, as it did last year. In fact, two years ago it was kind of weak. Uh, we had some low snow, and there was plenty of food for the the eagles that migrate through, and they didn't have to focus on the um, Farmington Bay carp as much. Last year, uh, there's more snow on the ground, more cover, and uh, the bald eagles recognize that there's going to be this um, productive possibility of food, and they show up. So it's uh, and it it really goes during the the migration season from fall to spring, but it really peaks in February. And we, we think the eagles use Facebook to share the word among them. Uh, and actually, yes. it's amazing because a wildlife specialist at the scene explains this, how this message gets out and it gets shared throughout a large region. And this feeding occurs just as they pursue the food source. And as Nancy said, uh, you may need a little, it may be uh, handy for you have binoculars or a longer lens if you're trying to take photos. But don't be surprised if one of these majestic birds with this extraordinary swing, wingspan just swoops in right over your head, treetop, going into the water line. It's, um, it really is something to behold. Hmm. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, more on the Utah Bucket List. It's a film. Uh, it's premiering on KUED on August 1st. 7 p.m. We're talking with KUED producers Nancy Green and Ken Verdoya and with Salt Lake Tribune outdoor writer uh, Brett Prettyman, who hosts the film. You can uh, read articles that uh, Brett's been writing on these uh, various items on the Utah Bucket List in the Salt Lake Tribune. And uh, we'd love to uh, get uh, maybe your top uh, item on your bucket list at uh, upraxis at gmail.com. You can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. And uh, call us at 1-800-826-1495. I'll share maybe a couple on my bucket list as well as we go along. And uh, we'll hear next, after the break, uh, Brett Prettyman uh, with his adrenaline rushing going down the bobsled run at uh, Utah Olympic Park. That sounds like a fun one. Following the break. 
The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at usu.edu hr. Skin cancer is the most common type of cancer in the United States. The harmful ultraviolet rays from both the sun and indoor tanning sun lamps can cause many other complications besides skin cancer, such as eye problems, a weakened immune system, age spots, wrinkles, and leathery skin. Wear clothing that will protect your skin from the harmful UV rays such as long sleeve shirts and pants. Stay out of the sun if possible between the peak burning hours, which are between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Find some shade or make your own with a broad-brimmed hat. Use extra caution when at higher altitudes, as there is less atmosphere to absorb UV radiation. And lastly, make sure to apply broad-spectrum sunscreen of at least 15 SPF to cover all exposed skin. By following these simple steps, you can still enjoy your time in the sun and protect yourself from overexposure. This is Nicole Jackson for the Be Well program at Utah State University. Be well, Utah. Utah Olympic Park, built for the 2002 Winter Games in Park City, serves as a training ground for current and future Olympians. It is also a place to celebrate our Olympic legacy and experience firsthand the thrills and spills of winter sports. There are also ways for us to enjoy the park in the warmer months. I think a lot of people understand that there's an option for people to come up here and do the ride in the winter, but the summer is a really good time to check it out too. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun in the summer. It's actually a modified version of bobsledding on wheels and you're going down the cement track. Uh, any back problems, neck problems, recent surgeries, high blood pressure, heart conditions, kidney problems? None of the above. None of the above? Okay, and I'm not gonna ask you the pregnancy question because I feel like I'm launching into space. Here we go! We'll go about 70 miles an hour, pulling about four G-forces. Big turn! Here comes the G-force! And we're actually the only place in the world that will let you go down from the very top, exactly where athletes went during the 2002 Games. That was crazy. Crazy intense. Holy moly. Hey, fourth place out of 16 teams today. It's pretty good. We'll take that. Wow. Woo! Let's do it again. So, Brett Prettyman, that sums it up. Let's do it again. Well, yeah, I did end up doing it again, too. And you then did? I, we okay. actually went back in the winter and uh, did it in on the winter, too. And that was. Uh, even more intense in a lot of ways. Now, something where they have to recite all those problems, you know, potential problems at the top, that's that's pretty intense. Yeah, and, um, you know, and, and that's why we try to, you know, with the, the bald eagle as mellow as it is, you know, we, we had to throw some things in there that yeah. got your adrenaline going. Now, Nancy Green, you you had to film this. Yeah, yeah. So we're, what, you stuck a camera on the front of the bobsled? How did, how did you get that done? We stuck um, actually, actually had to volunteer for one of the rides. Um, I put a GoPro camera, just a small little camera on my back and to film Brett. And then uh, Gary Turnier, our, our wonderful videographer, actually um, captured a lot of it um, from outside. But yeah, it was, we, we did a lot of filming, point of view filming in this, um, where we would mount cameras or wear cameras. Or, um, it, was, it was very physically challenging, but it was a lot of fun. One of the best parts was using uh, Brett Prettyman as a human tripod in some of these extraordinarily loca extraordinary locations because he would be wearing a helmet, for example, and on the helmet would be ma uh, mounted a GoPro. And those folks that are listening that don't know that, it's um, 
uh, a camera that's basically the size of a deck of playing cards, and it records. And so it really gives you this point-of-view experience. And one of the things we're missing during the radio conversation today is how on many of these experiences you're actually in the middle. You're going through the white water. You're going through the slot canyon. You're uh, doing some remarkable things. Brett is doing it as your surrogate, but he's definitely taking you along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And that was the fun of it. We really wanted to make this experiential. We wanted to bring people along for the ride and to uh, to experience the excitement that, that Brett was having. And uh, this is, again, uh, for many of us in Utah, just in our backyard. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so exciting about it. You know, we were up there um, not only doing the bobsled, but also did the freestyle ski jumping into the pool. I was uh, I took my 10-year-old son with me up there and and we went through one of their little programs. And um we were watching Olympic athletes train while we were while we were screwing around and and uh, jumping in the pool uh, providing them some laughs. Um it, it's it's an amazing opportunity for us to uh, to get up and, and witness these things that we have in our state, these amazing things, and and that was kind of the least you know true natural thing that we did um, during th- the filming, but it also was one of the things that um, it was turned out to be something that the the public saw me doing this and said. Um, Maybe I could do this too. I was at the top of the smallest ramp and about ten feet away from a couple about my age, and um, standing there with the skis and a helmet and in a wetsuit. And uh, I looked over in time to see this woman turn to her husband and say, "Look, if that guy can do it, you can do it too." <laughs> <laughs> he served as inspiration. There you go. Well, I hope so. Yeah. And that's really what this is all about: is you know, get outside, get out there, and do this, and and start crossing some of those things off your bucket list. And if you get some crossed off, put some more on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Verdoyer and Nancy Green, I, I guess all of you were involved in the decision making. You said you, immediately you you came up with hundreds of ideas, which I can imagine. How do you narrow that down? Well, we we did, as I mentioned earlier, we we said, okay, if if we have so many that we could literally have endless programs, which is a wonderful prospect for the bucket list going forward. Let's see if we can be as inclusive of the world-class Utah experience as possible. So we want to try to touch on all four seasons. We've done that. We want to make sure that we're north and south, that we don't just become dependent on one region in the state. We've done that. We want to make sure that it has room for a family experience as well as an extreme experience. We've done that as well. So as we looked at compiling this list, we really went through and selected with that in mind to let's make this uh, an introduction, if you will, into what so many people around the world know, that Utah is, in fact, a world-class outdoor destination. When the team was down in Arches and they were filming the hiking in Arches and the camping, they could hear five, six, and seven different languages being spoken on the trails as they worked. I mean, that's what people around the world know. We need to know that and celebrate that in Utah as well and say, we live right in the middle of the universe. There were uh, a lot of these in the film. Um, I, I was content just to watch and, and uh, you know, maybe I would go and do that. Maybe not. Uh, there were a couple who... Uh, one of which I hadn't even known about, uh, where I th- where I thought I want to go do that tomorrow. One of those was the b- bison roundup. Uh, what if you tell me about that? This is, you get on horseback, and you get I've, to actually uh, round up the bison. I've participated in that um, I think four times now through the twenty plus years that I've been at the Tribune, and it truly is um, for me uh, kind of the quintessential event that I've done and I absolutely love it. It is um, amazing. So every late October, early November, the Utah State Parks um, has this event where they invite the public to come and help them round up the bison on the island for a health checkup and then they also auction off some of the bison um, to help maintain the herd level at a at the capacity of the island. Um, and so it's it's about 
as I think I say in the show, about as Utah as you can get, it, and as Western as you can get. There's just really nowhere else in the world that you can go and and herd bison, you know, like this. And I like to say that you, know, you really don't herd them. You just kind of gently encourage them to go that way. Um, but actually there is, I think in Custer State Park, there is a bison herd, but it's very controlled roundup they do there. It's only you know, quote-unquote professional cowboys that, that they allow to do that. Um, the times that I've done this, you know, I've I've hired a uh, concessionaire out on the island to take us out and during the roundup, and it is amazing. I love Antelope Island anyway, and being on the horse and chasing bison, wow. It, it just, it, it's amazing stuff. And when you get out on that western slope of Antelope Island and you can't see the Wasatch Front and you've got 800 head of bison <laughs> moving through gullies and small little open prairie-like areas, it's almost like you're, you're back in the 1800s. You've stepped away from modern life and you're back to really what the American West looked and felt like almost 200 years ago. And it's a great way for them to maintain the health of the herd as well. So you're doing an important conservation act while you're engaged. But it is, it's breathtaking. Visually, it's breathtaking. Do, do I have to be a good horseman to do this? Well, I did it, so. Okay. You're not <laughs> you also have the option of not a good horseman. <laughs> like myself, you could actually go and you don't have to get right up with the bison. You could ride along and just, um, you know, on the outer perimeter and just enjoy the beauty of the island and, and watch everybody else being mm. crazy. So yeah. it's, I think it's also if you don't want to ride at all, you can go and bring your binoculars and, and watch other people doing insane things with bison. So, I mean, it's, it's just a great, great opportunity to get out in this amazing, gorgeous setting. Yeah, and Most of the people that are the really hardcore people pushing the, you know, like making the rush at the back of the, um, heard are are search and rescue people um, from across the state who use horses, um, you know, to go and, and help people endangered, and um, they they love this event. Um, it's for them. It's it's uh, time to get on the horse in a fun capacity rather than trying to go find somebody who's lost or injured. And, Tom, one of the best aspects about this is whether it's through Brett's articles at the Tribune or on the KUED.org website or on the Facebook page, when people are intrigued with this, we provide links and connections so that if people are truly engaged and say, boy, I'd like to do that, we provide a how-to, how to connect to that experience, when the best timing is, if you need reservations in advance, when's the best time to make those reservations. So the whole goal of this is not just to sit back on our couch, you know, uh, and pop the popcorn and watch the world go by, but really think about how we can take one or two or all of these and connect them to our lives over the next couple of years. Yeah, I've, I've uh, certainly uh, added a couple to my bucket list from this project, so that's, that's great. Uh, tell us again, Ken, how, how people can participate. Well, uh, the best way is every Sunday, join the Salt Lake Tribune for Brett as he rolls out another installment that's featured prominently in the Salt Lake Tribune each Sunday, and uh, what a great partnership we've had with the Tribune on this. Also, of course, visit our website and on public television, KUED.org. We have a home page that will introduce you to each one of the events. Of course, we are on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, you want to look for the Utah Bucket List, and we'll pop up with clips from the program and connecting points, funny behind-the-scenes stories. And then, of course, the big rollout Thursday, August 1st at 7 p.m. That's the initial broadcast on KUED, and you'll really enjoy the bucket list with Brett Prettyman, and so marvelously done by my colleagues Nancy Green and Gary Turnier and Kevin Sweet, who contributed to this. One week later, on August 8th, the program will come back. So tell your friends about what they missed, and make sure they join us Thursday, August 8th at 8.30 p.m., for the repeat presentation of the bucket list. If you just joined us, we're talking about the Utah bucket list. We're asking for uh, maybe the top item on your Utah bucket list. You can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page, also at upraxcess at gmail.com, or you can call us at 1-800-826-1495. About 10 minutes left in the program. Here we're talking with Salt Lake Tribune outdoor writer Brett Prettyman and uh, from KUED, Ken Verdoya and Nancy Green. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back... We're going to hear another clip from the film, 
this is another uh, item that sounds like a lot of fun. Sailing on the Great Salt Lake. And you'll hear a couple of uh, sailors uh, talk about the what they view as the unjustified reputation of Great Salt Lake, at least for uh, Utahns, following the break. This week on This American Life. Okay, you had me pick up dandelions just yes. to prove a point to me. Okay, so you're still upset over the dandelion deal? Yes, I really am. An inmate and a prison guard tell each other how they really feel. I, I don't, was it hard? It, no, I mean, it wasn't hard. It was just Did it take point. a lot of time? No, it didn't take a lot of time. It's still the principle. You made me pick Did you up break any bones? No. You how your perspective changes when you're stuck inside a situation this week. Flower that grows out the ground. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Utah Festival Opera and Musical Theater in Logan July 10th through August 10th. Follow Joseph as he is sold into Egypt in the celebrated musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Zany, big, and boisterous. Information at utahfestival.org. Support also comes from Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Now open Monday through Saturday until 2, with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. I've raced all over the world sailboats. I've raced in the Indian Ocean, the South Pacific, the North Pacific, all over the Caribbean, uh, Sea of Cortez, all over America. When I got done racing internationally, I came back here, bought a boat, started living on my boat out here, and thought, you know, this is a really nice place, actually. I really like it. The Great Salt Lake Yacht Club will take you out. Uh, some of the times they have free sail days during sail fest. You come out here on the Wednesday nights, a lot of times you'll find a crewing position on a boat and go out and race. There's also a, a charter sailboat company out here that does charter sailboat rides. There's the Great Salt Lake Sculling Club. So there's, there's a lot of things to do here. The lake has a reputation that's really unjustified. The typical Utahn will say, wow, I didn't know it was like this. This is the first time I've ever been here. And I usually say, well, then you must be a typical Utahn because most Utahns don't come out to Great Salt Lake. Well, I want to start a bumper sticker campaign. The lake don't stink. <laughs> I'm going to start with all the guys that do the weather because they're the ones that talk mm -hmm. about it. No, I love this. We've got four seasons and none of them are bad. They're all good. And are you out here on the water on all of them? Best time to sail on the Great Salt Lake is between January 2nd and December 31st. <laughs> if it's warm enough to ski, it's warm enough to sail. You know, I come out here four times a day, theoretically, doing charters. And every time you come out, the lake is different. Great Salt Lake people feel very passionate about the lake. They love it. They, they protect it jealously. Uh, they are definitely true Great Salt Lakers. Saltiest sailors on earth. So there's uh, some scenes from the bucket list, Utah bucket list. That's uh, premiering on August 1st, 7 o'clock in the evening on KUED. The host is Brett Prettyman, Salt Lake Tribune outdoor writer. Um, and Nancy Green, this is, uh, I think it's very true what the gentleman says there, that uh, most Utahns don't get out on the lake. In fact, we have this idea, it's, it's stinky, we don't go near it, uh, it's just sort of there. Oh yeah, I was absolutely 100% guilty of that. I mean, I, had a, I would have people visit and say, let's go out to the Great Salt Lake, and I'd be like, no, let's not. And, um, and it was incredible, we went out, and, um, and it, it didn't, it didn't stink. <laughs> it, was, it was gorgeous, it was amazing. It was one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen. And uh, it's definitely, it's fun. There, there are certain things on the bucket list I'm, I'm saying I want to go back and definitely do. And, and that's, uh, that's one of them. And it's, it is. It's funny. We have these perceptions of, of things in our state that, that we need to occasionally question. And I think the Great Salt Lake is one of them. Hmm. I want to ask each of you, um, maybe apart from the film, maybe, maybe give me a couple of items that didn't make the film that they're still on your bucket list. Uh, Ken Verdoya. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm back to that list of 150 topics. But I'll tell you what I think of, Tom. Uh, when I think of what we left out, I think of the next iteration of the bucket list. Now, we can go in so many different directions. We could do Utah's extreme bucket list that has extraordinary rock climbing, backcountry skiing, some extraordinary kayaking on white water. So we could do a very, very intense extreme bucket list we could also do a 
pure family bucket list, things to do with your kids before they become too bored with hanging out with mom and dad. Uh, We could do Utah's small town festival bucket list, beautiful little gatherings in small towns throughout the state that celebrate harvest time, fruits, etc., just their pioneer heritage. So when you look at the, the future, we're not going to run out of material. And what we've seen as we brought this forward is kind of like the Utah State, University of Utah, BYU sports arguments that go on. Who's the best? We put out Arches as a great national park to camp in. Immediately I heard from a friend who told me I didn't know anything because Zion was the best place to backpack. And then I heard another one say, you're crazy because it's Bryce Canyon as the best place to camp. So what this is supposed to do is engender that dialogue in our community of people thinking what they really enjoy as their quintessential Utah experiences. I don't think we'll ever run dry. Brett Prettyman, maybe it's a syndrome of whatever you've done latest. (laughs) You know, uh, there's a couple things that came to mind um, that I wanted to do on the bucket list that we didn't get to. Angel's Landing is definitely something that everybody in Utah should try to do. Now, it's not something that you shouldn't do if you're not in good shape and or if you're afraid of heights, but it's definitely something that should be done. Um, I am very fond of uh, my family time of going to Capitol Reef National Park in the fall and um, picking apples at the orchards there. Um, they taste as good as anything you've ever had in the world apple-wise. Uh, there are some unique um, strains of apples there that are found nowhere else. It's amazing, and it's an amazing time to be down there. Yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful place. Uh, Nancy Green, what what are some uh, uh, items that uh, you want to check off your bucket list that maybe didn't make the film? Um, actually, Brett introduced me to this one, um, cross-country skiing through Bryce uh, Canyon uh, to see that red rock and the white snow. Um, I really want to do that. And then um, if I'm really adventurous, I think I want to go do... Um, the subway in, in Zion. That's one thing I've never um, made it, and I've had lots of friends tell me how amazing that is. But, but I think Ken's right. There are so many things um, that it's it's difficult just to pick one or two. And you know, we that's the beauty of this. We could keep exploring the bucket list, and we won't run out of ideas. I guess the key is just to get out there. I know my wife and I. I I've I've wanted to do some things that are just iconic. Uh, for a few years. Uh, a few years ago, we finally made it to Antelope Island. That was spectacular. Uh, this year, we finally made it to um, the uh, Bear River Bear, Bird Refuge. Awesome. These, these are these are you know examples of you live in Utah forever, and maybe you don't uh, you don't get out there. Well, you don't need a ticket for most of the wonders of Utah. As Brett pointed out and Nancy pointed out, it's advisable if you're doing anything that carries even a hint of challenge or danger, work with people who know the terrain and can get you through it. But so much of Utah is the ability to get out there with just you, and even if it's just taking a beautiful walk in Red Rock Country, just a simple walk on flat ground, you will find yourself marveling at the sunrise coming up in arches. You will find yourself with your breath taken away as you watch the sunset on the Great Salt Lake. It's all within our reach. And even if you are of limited mobility, a car ride will take you to a spot where you can sit and drink in the beauty that is inherently part of the Utah experience. Let's uh, hear another clip from the film. This is, and uh, we talked about this a little earlier, but I like to close our conversation with this. Gets into some of the reasons again why we why we get out. Uh, this is from Arches, and it uh, sounds uh, Brett pretty much like this is a favorite place for you and your family. Let's hear the clip and then talk about it. Arches receives over a million visitors a year now, and just consider the impact if every one of those million people made one mark on the rock what this place would look like. Every visitor has an opportunity to help keep this place pristine and wonderful for everyone else to enjoy. One of the things that uh, my family really enjoys is camping here. This has got to be one of the best campgrounds in the national park system, if not, you know, definitely Utah. Um, What's so special about it? I think the way that it's situated, the Devil's Garden Campground, it's so special because there are so many nooks and crannies you can explore. Each camp site has a rock fin 
or a sand dune habitat or a little garden of wildflowers, something that encourages families to get together and take a closer look. The 50 campsites and two group sites at Devil's Garden are 18 miles from the park entrance. The sites can be reserved March through October and should be made far in advance. There's something special about arches because the, because you're just surrounded by um, the slick rock and, and the kids can just run around and explore. Then you can go out for a hike and come back and relax. Right. Some great hikes just from right here. I think that my children will look back on these times of camping and recognize them as important family opportunities and, and times that they grew and explored the natural world and it really just sort of realigns the whole family to what is most important to us all, which is just being in, in the beautiful scenery that Utah has to offer. There's a scene from the Utah Bucket List. Brett Prettyman, we heard uh, earlier in that clip from uh, from your wife and you. Um, and then uh, the lady at the end, uh, she, she said something, uh, I think, very interesting. It realigns all of her family to, to what's most important to them. Yeah, I think that, that kind of what I was saying earlier about what it is about the outdoors, that you hear that R-E again in front of a word, realign, rejuvenate, refresh. Um, there's, there's something about... Um, all outdoors, but there's some special places in Utah that allows us to do all those things so easily when we're there. And uh, I think we all inherently cherish the opportunity to let the land replenish us. And uh, Arches and the campground there does it very easily. And Nancy Green, uh, lest we think, uh, you know, you got to travel to we've talked about some places where you don't have to travel much but you have a section in the film on on just enjoying the fall leaves and just about anywhere in utah you can 15 minutes in the car you can enjoy some spectacular scenery exactly from logan canyon down to boulder mountain just get in your car go drive just find that sweet time when the leaves are turning and and just enjoy it. Step out of the car if you can, and just listen to the leaves uh, rustling. And and um, I think I think we don't take those small moments, those small little times, just to to reconnect with the amazing landscape around us. And um, and this show was a great reminder for me um, that it is important to to go out and do that to reconnect with the landscape and reconnect with family and friends. And we're out of time. Uh, Ken Verdoya, once again, what uh, when does it premiere? Where where can people engage? Thursday, August 1st, 7 p.m., without apology, unashamedly, a love letter from the Salt Lake Tribune and KUED to the state of Utah, the place we call home. It's the Utah Bucket List, and we've been talking with KUED producers Nancy Green and Ken Verdoya and Salt Lake Tribune outdoor writer Brett Prettyman. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. Thank you. And you can uh, give us your bucket list, and we'll forward that on to the project at uh, Utah Public Radio Facebook page. Uh, For producer Shalane Smith-Needham, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for listening. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1, 89.5 Logan. KUSK HD1, 88.5 Vernal. KUSL HD1, 89.3 Richfield. KUST HD1, 88.7 Moab. And KUSU FM HD1, 91.5 Logan.